We connect now with um, consumer journalist Wendy Nola, and she joins us from our Cape Town studios. Good afternoon, Wendy. Hello, Aza. Good oh, to be with you. Now I know I'm old. Earlier on, we were talking about when you realized you were old because I can't see without wearing my glasses. <laughs> I have to squint. Even the squinting doesn't work anymore. Wow. <laughs> I've passed that long ago. The glasses stay on multifocal. That's when you know you're old. When you're rocking the multifocals, it's game over with the eyesight. Absolutely. I realized that how often I now have to wear them because I have these little indentations on the side <laughs> of the ridge of my nose because they're almost permanently on. On. But I must find wearing, must say, wearing headphones and glasses together. It's not a good combo. It pushes the. I don't like it. But anyway, I can't see without them, so I end up with these little nodules on the on the sides of my exactly head from the headphones. From the headphones. Pushing yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so we're talking about something that uh, I think is a means of empowering consumers. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely, it's also about double standards. Exactly. Um, exactly. What I want to talk about. Um, so. It's something that's bothered me in the 20 years I've been doing this job is that if, as we all know, at some time or another, we don't do what we're supposed to do in terms of a contract we have with a company. So we pay a little bit too late or we don't pay in full or we, whether it's on purpose or accidentally, and many times it is accidentally. Mm-hmm. And boy, can they do lots of horrible things to us as punishment, right? So they, yeah. you can get the annoying uh, calls to pay up now and they're not very friendly about it either even if it's your first time you've defaulted and mm-hmm. um, you get the emails then uh, you get handed over whatever you get um, what you originally owed gets padded with interest mm-hmm. if it's a bank you could get penalty fee- fees as well they're entitled to warn other credit providers um, about your oh naughtiness yeah. by blacklisting you so-called blacklisting you with a credit bureau and that has major implications for you and in your financial life so Mm -hmm. an adverse credit listing doesn't just hamper your ability to be granted more credit it also means that the interest date you will be offered if you do get the credit will be much higher because you're considered riskier it can prejudice your um, ability to get a job insurers considered you an adverse uh, consider you an adverse risk if you have an adverse Sorry, consider you a high risk if you have an adverse credit record, of course. So you likely, um, they they think that you're more likely to file a fraudulent claim. And you can't believe the ramifications. So, yeah, greater risk equals higher premiums. Uh, We do get punished. I mean, the list that you've just detailed there at every single point, if you are late, if you haven't paid, uh, clearly this rollout. Yeah, I was thinking about this this morning. On the way to work, I remember a case a few years ago where a, a chap got caught in a hailstorm and funny enough, I was caught in the same one, mm-hmm. all the vehicles damaged in the Eastern Cape. And when he applied, you know, he lodged a claim and the insurer said to him, they, no, they rejected the claim because he had um, an undeclared um, adverse thing on his credit record when he aye, aye. applied. And it turns out City of Joburg, it was uh, like around 2010, do you remember? Aye. The accounts were in a shambles and he didn't even know it was on there. I took up the case and eventually they did pay. But I mean, that's the kind of impact an adverse on your credit record can have. So that's as a I bundle said, of punishment. Bundle like of a, they have, they <laughs> have means, lots they of means, means to punish you. But what we're really means. talking about, as you said, this is the this is about the double standard. The so double standard. companies also, can punish you when you haven't paid, but what yes, about the other way round? Yes, um, of course, admin fees as well. They can do to you. So oh no no no, don't start with admin fees. I uh, know if you've ever had a traffic file fine while you're in a hired car, you'll know all about admin fees. Okay, so we have to pay. 
pay for every little inconvenience, for every bit of late payment, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So this brings me to the double standard part. So mm-hmm. we, I got an email um, a few weeks ago from Steve Archibald, who is a listener to the show, and he said, some weeks ago I caught snippets of your insurance discussion with Azania while on my way to a meeting. The discussion served to conjure up feelings of frustration and resentment regarding a recent insurance matter Ooh. that I experienced at the hands of F&B. Yeah. And what happened in short was last September he received some kind of contact. He can't remember if it was a call or an SMS, but... It was an agent on behalf of um, FNB offering him the bank's law, uh, law on call legal insurance con- product. You know, uh-huh. they were trying to upsell upsi- us with these insurance products. He did agree to buy the policy and he was um, eventually forwarded the policy document as he has, it's by law. Yeah. But when he read the small print terms and conditions, he thought, uh-uh, uh, not for me. And he decided to cancel, which he could in terms of the 30 day cooling off period. Uh-huh. Um, all good up till that point. Um, but he was advised that by that point, the first premium had already been paid and that he would be refunded uh, by means of a credit to his account, his okay. bank account. Uh, that didn't happen. Four months went by. He said he made many calls. He just wouldn't let it go, um, both the money and the principal. Wanted to know where the re- refund was, and he was assured on each occasion it will be pre- processed within the next day or two. Wow. Finally, four months later, in mid-February, he got his refund. But it, so he already had been refunded when he wrote to me. But the the point is, and here we go with the double standards. He uh-huh. said, "I've since attempted to obtain some form of compensation for the time and frustration I was forced to endure, but the only offer that he got was for the refund of his call costs uh-huh. if he presented a statement. Okay, if he so, presented a statement. Yeah, so now we have to." <laughs> Yeah, and he said, you know, I don't have a record of the relevant calls. Yes. I told them to check their voice recordings, but of course they weren't going to be doing that. Yeah. He said, I've also pointed out that the compensation I seek should extend beyond the calls as I would have been penalized with punitive interest rates at the very least had the roles been reversed. And he's quite right. And of course, I completely agreed with his feelings about the way he'd been treated. So I decided to take up his case with him. Right. And we'll we'll explore where things went to uh, uh, when you took up the case. But I also want to invite our listeners, Wendy, this afternoon about those times when the company owed them. When a company has owed you a, a, a refund, uh, in this case, of course, it was a refund for the one premium um, that uh, Steve had already paid when he decided to cancel. They took forever for any kind of kind of, kind of circumstance where the company has owed you. How long did it take for them to pay you? And have you ever been bold enough? Because I think this is really bold. Lots of us let this go. So many of us let this go. We seem to be content with the refund only Mm. to get the Mm. money that is ours uh, uh, and leave it there. And we forget all of these other costs that come into play. How long you stand uh, in queue on those frustrating, um, what is it, IVR, those systems of theirs to direct your call. On our prepaid. Exactly, exactly, exactly. How long you've spent on, on that call. How much time or your time is taken in trying to resolve this issue. So um, let's talk about that, this double standard about how companies do not compensate you for the efforts that you have gone to, the lengths you've gone to, to get your money back from them. Um, and th- in this case, Wendy stepped in to help uh, one of our listeners, Steve Archibald. Um, so Wendy, you say that he was compensated, the premium was finally paid, but it's a bloody four months later. Right. If we had to delay a payment by four months, as you said earlier, yeah, they've slapped on interest. 
there's an ad, there are admin fees every time someone has touched your account. And then, of course, there's a threat Slow to be payer. blacklisted. Mm. Mm. Exactly. So I got a hold of the bank and I got an, I asked, um, you know, sorry, I first of all said to Steve, look, uh, companies aren't good with vague, uh, with requests or demands for vague amounts of compensation. You must let this start. out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I said, um, Work out, come up with a figure. So he worked on 12 calls that he'd been made at least, each, each lasting five minutes, probably more, I would imagine, yeah. in many cases, <laughs> plus another hour spent preparing and sending emails trying to get this refund, billed at his current professional rate of 750 rand an hour, <laughs> yeah. and he came up with 1,500 rand, which I think is quite fair. So I put that to the bank, asking if they'd be willing to refund him that amount, and if not, why not? Mm-hmm. F&B Insurance's operations manager, Tasha's Bossett, said the bank had apologized to Steve for any inconvenience. They always use that word inconvenience and it never covers the issue. But anyway, for the inconvenience that may have been caused by the delay in processing the refund within a reasonable period. Whilst the bank has met all its contractual obligations, that's that's their way of saying we did nothing legally wrong, Hmm. we are engaging the customer to extend a gesture of goodwill. We value the relationship with our customer and have taken the necessary measures to ensure that a service lapse of this nature does not reoccur. Did they give him the 1-5? No, they gave him 897 rand, mm-hmm. um, emphasizing that it was in no way um, compensation. The sum, they said, represents a refund of the uh, basically 300 rand premium for three months, being the period for which the initial refund was delayed. Having not paid the premiums, though, says Steve, that doesn't really make sense to me, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to have the, man- the matter settled. Mm. So... Yeah, he got, well, I think the refund was originally must have been just 300 rand because he only paid yes, that one premium. Yes, but, yes. Um, so, and he got 897, but. And they couched it as sto- this being for three the, months, the eight, Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't. It, it, and it's not compensation, but I it's think so it's random. an interesting lesson to the rest of us. Um, of course, I mean, there wouldn't have been very much on 300 rand, but there's, there's, we should always ask for interest. If companies owe us money and they take a long time to pay us back, we don't get away with owing companies money and not paying interest mm, on it. Mm, we don't mm. get an interest-free loan. Mm. So they nor should nor should they. But as you said, as a we just normally be so grateful and relieved yes, to get the yes. money back. We don't even think about what it's cost us in terms of time and calls and emails. Because that's how they structure what's due to them from us. You yeah, know, exactly. all of that, the admin, the hours so, and so on. But let's take a break. We'll chat yeah. to Selma after the break because she says she actually got a refund after a complaint. Woo woo, Selma. Ooh. 702 Asanya Mosaka Lines are always open On 011-883-0702 24 minutes past 2 And we're talking to Wendy Nola this afternoon About just getting a refund Your payment that's due to you From an organisation um, And the process often is quite uh, prolonged It's drawn out And uh, many of the costs that you incur In an attempt to get your refund Are never ever acknowledged Selma, good afternoon Good afternoon. And I actually was charged a co-payment uh, by uh, my medical aid mm-hmm. for a PMB uh, case, which was a, a fractured hip. I fell and I fractured my hip. Anyway, long story short, they weren't allowed to do that. Mm. And I found them up and said, no, you have to pay this and uh, they can make their own rules. I said, no, you can't. It says in the Council of um, uh, Medical Aid that a PMB you're not allowed to. Anyway, long story short again. They uh, wouldn't um, uh, 
take it off the the uh, um, uh, authorization. So when I got to the hospital a day later, they said, no, I actually had to pay it before I was even allowed in. Mm. Yeah. So I said, never mind, I'll fight it later. And then uh, after I came out, I happened to just hear a few days later on Radio 702 that there were 17 medical aides that were doing this illegal. So I thought, right. So I phoned them up and I said, you know what? Um, I am going to expose you on Radio 702. <laughs> if you don't refund me and if you don't give me a letter saying that I no longer owe it by the end of the day. Well, whether normally say, I'll get back to you or I'll contact my supervisor, the guy said, hold on, hold on. And I said, okay. And he came back and said, um, uh, the, the letter's already on its way in the email. Um, uh, you will get it back, but we have to refund the, we have to pay the hospital first and then they can refund you because, um, you yes. pay them. Yes. And how long so did then, it take for you uh, to get the refund from the hospital? Yes. Well, I got it about two weeks later. Okay. So that was a good story, but I had to straight number seven. I think first. Then same thing, not so long afterwards, I visited a friend and she complained bitterly that their service provider for their daughter was giving her problems. Yes. So I said, okay. And they also have a business, so I said, right. So um, I phoned up her service provider and spoke to Eva that she spoke to, and I said, oh, um, I'm actually the secretary, and I was on leave, and I'm coming back, and mm-hmm. I heard that they've got this terrible problem, and uh, if uh, they don't sort it out immediately within uh, 24 hours, then um, I will have no other option but to write uh, to, to phone Radio 702. <laughs> well, apparently within 12 hours she had the money. <laughs> so, uh, I'm totally on the floor listening to you. So, <laughs> in order to get your refund, threaten to call 702. That's like the yeah, moral of the lesson. I even trying to see this. Uh, I said to them, listen tomorrow on your CBS Advisors Open I will be speaking about you. Anyway, long story short again. Uh, I also once had a small operation. I was a little pin out of my finger. And the doctor, okay, I won't boil the details, but he ended up charging for something that he was not supposed to. And he was treated out and all of a sudden I had to pay in another 4,000 men. Yes. So I contacted these ladies and I said, uh, you know what? That thing that he did, says he did, he did not. Mm-hmm. I have evidence of that. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't drop that charge, I'm very sorry, but I'll have to go to the council for, medi- uh, for uh, medical, the medical council. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I'll have to go to Radio 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, within about 20 minutes, it was dropped. <laughs> classic, classic call, Salma. You know classic. what? They, and they only do that if they know they're wrong. Oh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead, go uh, ahead, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they think people don't know about medical procedures. The first, they said, yeah, but you know, you signed for a, a, a quote. I said, well, exactly, this wasn't in the quote. Yeah, but sometimes, depending on what happens during the operation, they have to do something extra. I said, that they didn't do this, I know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have had a much bigger institution. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, then immediately, and now when I walk past their, uh, uh, which I then, uh, since then had another operation, and when I walk past their um, window, they sort of look at me from under their brows. <laughs> <and, 
Oh, you're the boss, Alba. I just love your call. Thank you so much. And now you can <laughs> add Wendy. You can say, I'm going to call 702. I'm going to tell Wendy Nola. <laughs> Thanks, <Alba. laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Alba. Thank you so much for the call. And God bless. Thank you. A pleasure. My goodness. So they were just talking about people being excited about getting their dues, not even any compensation for the schlep that it took them. Although yeah. Salma didn't have any schlep, she just said, I'm going to tell Salma. Exactly. And, and it's shocking. That but it, you know what? I have to say, companies, in my experience, yeah. they only respond like that if, if they um, know that they're in the wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because if they if if they're not in the wrong, why would you fear? Why? Yes. Your, I mean, a, a reputable media house is going to give you the right of response, and it's going to come out that actually it wasn't quite like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, that's how it should happen anyway. So they but know yes. they absolutely do know that what they're doing is uh, against the law, they, and they well, hope they to get away with it because it the majority of, of us yes. are not as vigilant, or maybe don't research that it wouldn't have researched as far as Salma did to know how this payment uh, is supposed to be done to begin with. Uh, we'll take exactly. more of of your experiences um, after listening to Salma. My goodness, I think a whole lot of companies are going to be getting that line. <laughs> I'm going to call seven o two. EWN 702 Asanya Mosaka Lines are always open On 011-883-0702 It's now 26 minutes to uh, 3 uh, to three o'clock, yes And uh, we are chatting to Wendy Nola And she's a renowned consumer journalist Who joins us every single Thursday as we tackle a consumer matter So if you also uh, would like to suggest one Send us an email and Wendy can take a look at it It's asanya at 702.co.za And we'll uh, forward those on to her and uh, the couple of cases, of course, that she's always contacted about that she builds on and shares. So this is a session for us to all get a little bit more empowered and to understand our rights a little bit more. So, Wendy, what should we do apart from what Selma said about hoping like you're hopefully getting some kind of attention uh, on a media platform? I've used social media in the past. I was terribly ignored by Telcom, which infuriated me even more. You after an army of people. Yes, I think after spending five hours not in one sitting but simply trying to resolve a sim- simple simple matter yeah no that's you know that is just shocking unconscionable mm. uh consumer service customer service but social so media doesn't always work because they were just mum always <laughs> work especially not with telcom i have to say they yeah they're in a bit of a league of their own mm-hmm. um but with some companies it it does work so um, as I said, if you we're talking the two things here. The one is just getting your due, and the other one is taking it a bit further, which I would encourage custom, uh, consumers to do, and that is to say, actually, you will pay me interest on that amount that you've owed me all this time, and actually, you know, I made these calls. Um, it, you know, your records will show. Mm-hmm. I, I made five calls. I, I you know, on my pre- this is an estimate of the, what it cost me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had to wait for hours. I, I was held on. I this or that. I had to write all these emails. This is what my my you know my time co- is, costs me. Mm-hmm. So just like they charge us for every little thing they do, from opening an envelope and beyond, all the admin, everything else. So they must realize that our time and energy has a value as well mm-hmm. when we're expending it to fix a problem that they created, right? So 
I would say one, if you're in an engagement with a, co- a company and you're realizing that it's now you're in, you're in it for the long haul now that this is becoming very time and energy consuming, mm-hmm. start keeping a log of the calls you made and the times you made them, okay. and, and et cetera. Um, tell them that you'd like interest paid on the amount because they would expect nothing less from you. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, if we must start, I think, you know, we must start expecting this, um, Fair is fair. They expect it of us when we owe them money. We must expect it of them. The contracts are a two-way process. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's nothing in the agreements. You'll note the agreements are full of, you know, pages and pages of what will happen if we default. Mm-hmm. But nothing about if they owe us money. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> so true. So we have to do this for ourselves. And if mm-hmm. enough, enough, enough of us rather start doing it, they might not pay you the whole amount. They might not call it compensation. They can call it what they like, but they must be held accountable. That yes. is what I firmly believe. So what about uh, uh, ombudsmen, though, different ombudsmen yes. on, on was, are they on our side? Uh, they, is, well, is that a route to go? It's, it is definitely a route to go. Um, they've, it's been ombudsman annual report season for the last two, three weeks. I think I've read through about five of the different ombudsman's um, annual reports. Mm. They're very revealing. The most revealing, I think, for me um, was one released uh, yesterday. Mm by the, I think it was yesterday or Tuesday, my days are blurring, but this week anyway. <laughs> the by the sign of getting old. <laughs> exactly. Sign of too many ombuds reports as well. <laughs> yeah. The um, ombudsman for long-term insurance. So they, the, that's the ombudsman you go to if you feel that you've been treated badly when you claim on your funeral policy or, mm-hmm. you know, or the, a death benefit or disability or whatever. A lot of people pay into these things year after year and then in the hour of need, it doesn't pan out. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, we spoke last week about the Ganas case and the yeah. outcome of that. Um, so I was, I read through this, I, I think, I, as I said, it was the most interesting report for me, this long-term insurance ombudsman. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, 31 Point five, I think, percent of cases were ruled in in the consumer's favour. So it's just less than a third, which you might think, oh, that means they're not um, independent, whatever. It's just the way they're legal people. That's just the way it went. But that's still, mm-hmm. that was billions of rand back in the right, consumer's right. pockets. And I was very, very interested in a section in that report. It was really worth reading, and it was about compensation. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not just getting the pre the policies paid and whatever that the. the Ombuds, if they feel that the person complaining um, is very aggrieved about the the what they were put through in order to lodge this complaint and get what get what they felt they would they were rightfully due right in yeah. terms of a payout or something, then they ask the insurer to pay compensation, hmm. and I and regardless of whether the complaint is upheld by the ombudsman or not, they can award compensation for what they call material inconvenience or distress for financial loss and financial loss suffered suffered by the person being insured as a result of error, omission, or maladministration, I love that word, including unacceptable or incompetent service oh, on wow. the part of the insurance company, up to 50,000 rand, if you don't mind. So this is service-based up to 50,000 rand? Yes, it's been that way for the last 21 years. The maximum has been increasing steadily since then, up to 50,000. Wow. It began at 15,000. Obviously, that's inflation. And the Umbud noted in the report, we note an increasing awareness on the part of complainants to ask for compensation, yay, for poor service 
although the requests are not usually articulated so explicitly, so the person won't say, I want you to fight for compensation, but they'll say, mm. I had to call so many times. I don't feel it's fair. I've spent a lot of money and time. But right, and then the, yeah, and the then emotional the, distress, then, it just causes exactly. you to be in a fight with your insurer or any kind of big that, organization. That's exactly it. So... Um, oh. They said that the Umbud did note that in some cases the insurers offer to pay compensation of their own accord and note they actually call it compensation um, or they readily agree to a suggestion that the Umbud's office um, says. Mm. Um, and, you know, the big question is how do they come up with an amount? Yeah. And Umbud says <laughs> they rely on what they call their collective experience and common sense. There are no <laughs> hard and fast rules nor are there any clearly defined or rigid parameters. And th- this is interesting. Um, a common misperception by complainants is that the amount of compensation should be equal to the policy benefit, which is which is well, obviously the yeah. main the main complaint. No. Um, and and then he comments: the complainants also often express the misguided wish that the insurer should be punished by the compensation <laughs> award. And I understand that, but obviously that's not the right approach. So the Umbud. It, bear this in mind if you ever do make a, a lodge a complaint with the ombudsman over a, a, a policy that hasn't paid out or something like that. Um, or, you know, if you have really had a long struggle with them and they've yes. not responded to your emails or left you hanging, then mention that and they could add a um, compensation amount to whether you, even if you lose the case on the mm-hmm. claim, you mm-hmm. might be awarded compensation. And I really, I for honestly poor didn't service. know that. For poor service. Week. Incompetent. For, for, what did you yes. say? Uh, um, uh, unacceptable or incompetent um, service. Wow. No, let's read it. It's worth reading it again. <laughs> yes. Um, inv- inconvenience, material inconvenience. The material is the key word here. It's not yeah. pain and suffering as much as um, the actual costs um of of trying to be in of trying to communicate with this company that's not communing back to you mm-hmm. but it does say so that's material inconvenience or distress or for financial loss suffered as a result of maladministration um or errors on their part including this is the part you want me to say yes. unacceptable or incompetent <laughs> service so yes if you could you need to that's why i say start making a note of these things when things start going wrong and you can see this is going to be a fight right so the with more the, you can present them with actual evidence of what happened and keep dates and who you spoke to and whatever you can build yourself a nice case so was there compensation. was there a case study that they shared or, or an example of what they meant uh, in in the form of compensation yes they did um unfortunately for alexander forbes life um they, the Ombud ordered in one of the cases, they actually had three final determinations against them, Alexander Forbes' life, which mm. is quite a biggie because it only goes to a final determination if the, if the insurer won't accept the um, Ombud's r- ruling. If they, they, if they right. just say, no, we don't agree with it, then it goes to this quite formal process called the final determination. And if that happens, the, in, the mm. um, Ombud is allowed to name and shame on their website and they do it in there and they pick and choose from those in their annual reports. But mm-hmm. anyway, what happened was this woman actually got seven and a half thousand, so not 50, but seven and a half thousand rand compensation for causing, for being caused to suffer distress, inconvenience and financial loss. Right. And quite a damning comment. Um, the Ombud said the delays this office, now that's the Ombud, experienced in the complaints handling by Alexander Forbes, the com- incomplete responses and lack of supporting document- documentation from them added to the frustration the complainant experienced throughout the stressful period in her life. Mm. 
No. Wow. So, yeah, do that at your peril, yes, companies. Yes. Well, especially do it at your peril. Yeah. And, and I think if more of us did this, then. Um, Hold them to account. Yeah. Their service would improve, number one, and they might have to, uh, even in responding to your demand for that compensation or for your premium, for your money back, it might uh, uh, mean a quicker return or turnaround time. Anonymous has written to us saying the topic is very interesting. I bank with IBM Trust Bank. Um, and uh, since this morning, I've been struggling to get my card unblocked and I've been denied access to my cash since eight this morning. I've been struggling. I just don't know what to do anymore. These companies and banks don't work with us in good faith. I've submitted all the documents and they asked for, but uh, nothing positive from their side. I'm not too clear about that because it's something that clearly has happened this morning. Another yeah. one says, I was blacklisted in 2018 by Markham's when I lost my job. Please ask Wendy if I can go to the Ombudsman to clear my credit score as I want to study but can't get any money to finish the cause. Um, this comes okay. from Bongani. So if it was only last year and, and it was in fact a, a default and she didn't have um, some kind of insurance on on her account mm-hmm. um, that would cover settle the, um, the outstanding balance if she lost her job, um, and sometimes that's tricky. If you didn't have a, if it wasn't a formal job that they kind of recognise as employment, then sometimes they don't pay out anyway. But mm. um, that hasn't. Um, uh, if it's only been on since last year, what she would have to do is actually you can get rid of it straight away. In the old days, you had to wait sort of at least three years for that so-called blacklisting to go off your your um, credit profile. Uh, record yeah. profile, yeah. Um, but the only way to do it, I don't know how much she owes, but if she pays that amount, it will immediately be removed. So that okay. might be the way to go. All right. So somehow just get to the just money get to pay this, to settle it uh, settle and have it, it and removed. Then, and then, yes, and if they don't remove it immediately, you can lodge a um, dispute. And the, in my experience, the credit bureaus are, are pretty efficient at, at doing that. And if they aren't, mm. within 20 days, you can go to the credit ombud, another ombud. And um, they're very consumer friendly. They even allow you to SMS them and get ask them to phone you back if you, you're not wanting to use your airtime or whatever. And um, a very efficient process. But okay. yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure that'll sort it out. If it's not too huge an amount... Um, if it's only since 2018, she should be able to somehow pay it and then mm-hmm. get rid of the listing and then her life can carry on. Absolutely. Uh, here's one that I've also had experience with. It says, please discuss for Mattel. The hours you spend following up on scheduling, installation, escalating uh, queries, etc. The data... Vumatel, Vumatel, oh, yeah, yes. uh, they provide uh, fiber and all that. Yes, uh, installations. Yes, yes, I've had a few complaints about that, and I've oh. just interestingly on my neighborhood WhatsApp group, people be complaining about not being um, being ignored um, in mm. terms of when they try and follow up and that kind of thing. So mm. maybe that's uh, if somebody could send me an actual uh, complaint, okay. an actual case. Um, then um, I would be happy to take it up All right. by email with the company. Because I think this demonstrates the point. They go on to say that the data that you have to buy to stay connected and run a business and Vumatel then blames ISPs and ISPs blame Vumatel. It's a nightmare. It's a and then there's no telecoms. recourse. If you're disconnected, you still have to pay the full amount. Mm. So uh, um, that's really typical sometimes of well, what happens. There again... Um, you should note the times that you didn't have service and mm-hmm. then ask for a for a credit on your on your account 
for your, the next billing cycle or whatever, however it works. You know, even Telcom will do this. If your lines go down and it's, 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 it's no fault of your, yours, right? And it takes them two weeks to restore the service. If you ask them, they will credit you. They will not charge the full. Right. Uh, they do that. So there's a, there's the, 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 the it exists. The premise exists right. there. But it's often a case of you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, absolutely. So well, Blacksmith says we should that's value ourselves. Yeah, precisely. Our so after Selma's call, I think we've all learned a hard lesson. <laughs> <laughs> and Blacksmith says, I CC the ombudsman right from the onset when I email a complaint to my insurance, my bank or any other service provider right from the onset. Maybe that gets well, people uh, moving, even though the ombudsman can't get involved at that level. No, they have to have a formal process and sure. they want to see that you have to get a um, sort of a what do they call it a case number from mm-hmm. your your insurer your bank first um, before they'll take up the case it's a process but I mean it's 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 it costs you nothing to do that and they could obviously see that you now are, are do intend to follow the onboard rules if you don't get justice yeah right. or if you don't get to perceived justice because sometimes the consumer isn't in the right and doesn't have a valid case I have to say that but um, but still, we are entitled to proper service when we're trying to dispute something. Absolutely. Wendy, thank you so much. Thank you always. You're most welcome. <laughs> most welcome. We'll chat next week. Thank you. That was Wendy Nola. So listen, if you have a particular stubborn case or something that you would need her to kind of take a look at, because so often your case study is a reflection of uh, other people. You Your story represents the stories of other people too. Uh, so you can send those to us at 702.co.za.